Welcome to Elite Six Think Tank, an open discussion group with business owners who share their knowledge, experience and skills. So let's say last week we had a good discussion on clever collaborations and I thought that might be a bit of a sketchy topic to have but it turned out being a really really good meeting um, and what we do if you haven't been to a think tank meeting for a wee while we talk about people's experiences with the topic, um, people's problems they have with the topic and then we talk about solutions and then more importantly um, some takeaways that people can get from coming along like today so we've got that in mind also um, we chop that up into a blog uh, we use the imagery on our um, social media and then we publish it as a podcast so if you missed the meeting or want to hear it again um, go to our website click on podcasts and um, if you're on a mobile phone it looks like you're seeing it at the moment and um, then you can click on it and subscribe to it and your phone will pop up and go oh there's a new podcast available so we're broadcasting all the platforms so give it a go it's one of the best things that I've enjoyed doing lately I'm just going to check my internet connection because I think it's not very good no it is it's just playing up again sorry about the blurriness um, so to this week's topic is actually how to negotiate with an N Apparently it's not spelt with an H, because I had that spelt with an H for the beginning of the week, but we managed to fix that this week. Uh, and that's really the beginning of the... Oh, no, it's not. You've got to watch this. Hopefully the sound is good. I'll just make that work. Now, Monty Python. Yes, sir. I'd like to have an argument, please. Certainly, sir. <laughs> have you been here before? No, this is my first time. I see. Do you want to have uh, the full argument, or were you thinking of taking a course? Well, uh, what would be the cost? Well, yes, it's five. It's one pound for a five-minute argument, but only eight pounds for a course of ten. Hmm. Well, I think it's probably best if I start with the one and see how it goes from there. Okay. Fine. I'll see who's free at the moment. Uh, Mr. Dubake is free, but he's a little bit conciliatory. Mm. Yes, sir. <laughs> Try Mr. Barnard, room twelve. Thank you. <clears throat> is this the right room for an argument? I've told you once. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. When? Just now. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Didn't. I didn't. I'm telling you I did. You did not. I'm oh, sorry, is this a five-minute argument or the full half hour? Oh, oh, just the five-minute one. Fine. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, I did. You most certainly did not. Now, let's get one thing quite clear. I most definitely told you. You did not. Yes, I did. You did not. Yes, I did. Didn't. Yes, I did. Didn't. Yes, I did. No, this is an argument. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It's just contradiction. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It is not. It is. You just contradicted me. No, I didn't. Oh, you did. No, 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 no. You did just no, then. No, no, nonsense. Oh, look, this is futile. No, it isn't. I came here for a good argument. No, you didn't. You came here for an argument. Well, an argument's not the same as contradiction. Can be. No, it can't. An argument's a collected series of statements to establish a definite proposition. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It isn't just contradiction. Look, if I argue with you, I must take up a contrary position. But it isn't just saying, no, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. <laughs> Argument's an intellectual process. Contradiction is just the automatic gainsaying of anything the other person says. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Not at all. No, look. I... Thank you. <laughs> what? That's it. Good morning. I was just getting interested. Sorry, the five minutes is up. That was never five minutes just now. I'm afraid it was. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not allowed to argue anymore. What? If you want me to go on arguing, I'll have to pay for another five minutes. But that was never five minutes just now. 
Oh, come on! <laughs> this is ridiculous! I'm very sorry, but I told you I'm not allowed to argue unless you pay. Oh, all right. There you are. Thank you. Well? Well what? That was never five minutes just now. I told you I'm not allowed to argue unless you paid. I just paid. No, you didn't. I did! I did! I did! I did. <laughs> I don't want to argue about that. Well, I'm very sorry, but you didn't pay. Aha! Well, if I didn't pay, why are you arguing? Gotcha! There you have it. Is that? Yeah, if you're arguing, I must have paid. Not necessarily. I could be arguing in my spare time. <laughs> I've had enough of this. There you go. So it's not quite arguments and discussions aren't quite the um, a negotiating isn't really an argument. We we did start talking about at our seven thirty meeting this morning the difference between an argument and a discussion, and uh, argument coming to mind. So hence why we found that. So uh, tell me, guys, uh, how to negotiate is our topic. I'm just going to share that screen. Uh, what have we got here today? I'm trying to do my right screen. Let's get me in the... My screen's not working today. One minute, please call it. Uh, share screen. And we have a... There we go. So, we did how to negotiate. So, how is your experience going when negotiating, I suppose? So, people's experiences of trying to negotiate with people? I had experience yesterday. Oh, I like it. Um, experience? My experience was um, I had to do a property inspection with my um, my tenants, and um, there was a, a, a they hadn't done the grounds at all, so I was a little bit disappointed, and we ended up having quite a negotiation that kind of started out almost like it was going to be an argument. With the tenant was very defensive, <laughs> and. Um, Anyway, to cut a long story short, we ended up, I said, look, let's compromise on these grounds and I'll do this bit and you do the other bits and try and work together to work this out. <coughs> but it took quite a bit to actually get there. All and right. I think it was important that we needed to stay, stay on topic, you know, because he kept going off on other tangents. So. But we got there in the end. That's cool. So that, um, out of that, I got um, staying on topic and um, working together for a solution. Would that be right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, put that in the chat window, it'd be awesome. Um, when was the last time somebody tried to negotiate and it didn't work? Well, it's like it's like um, like in the past when you negotiate with a government agency. Um, if the other party is dominant in that space or something, the the process around the negotiation is far more problematic. You know, you try having a, a negotiation with IRD and it doesn't usually come out very well. Yeah, well, maybe we could lighten this to when we negotiate with New Zealand Post where the parcel is. You don't even, uh, you don't actually get past the phone system half the time unless they, they say um, the parcel had your medication and you're about to die. <laughs> uh, they say, don't talk to us, just wait. You know, so it's kind of like there's no negotiation there, even though yeah. you know. Hmm. So, in that sense, negotiation is about power and the shift of power, isn't it? Hmm. 
Is that your experience? Does anyone want to type this in the window? Because it's going to get um, any of those talks to be awesome. So uh, let's see what we've got here so far. Uh, where is Thank you. I'm looking at the wrong window. That's why I'm looking at the wrong thing. Let's go to the chat window. Alrighty, let's stay on topic. Thank you, Penny. Stay on topic. Um, so the people in the house are happy as can be now, or do they feel like they is it about but the argument's different, isn't it? It's kind of like saying, well, they won, we won. If it becomes a, a, a pissing competition, so to speak, then it's kind of futile, isn't it? But if it becomes yeah. show that you're reasonable... Um, uh, I oh, think, sorry. Oh, I think we got to a reasonable solution, but they're moving out um, in a few weeks or a couple of months anyway. Um, it was never going to be forever. Um, I don't think they like the fact that they need to be doing gardens and lawns and things like that and it's not their priority they said <laughs> which is a little bit interesting uh, <laughs> but i guess mm. it was in the original tenancy agreement penny yeah and we've discussed it since and they they just don't want to do it yeah yeah um that you know it's been handout, isn't it in a way yeah they've been good tenants in other ways and there's been a lot of We've had to go in with a lot of insurance stuff, so you know we've had to negotiate around things with each other quite a lot. So, um, but they're building a house, so um, yeah. Well, maybe they can um, get go along and um, and not do the other things that around their house when they're feeling the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose if I may add to that, Penny, the yeah. idea that essentially, would you, if they were to go to another rental property, would you recommend them as a tenant? Um, look, as a tenant, everything else, yes. Everything else is great. It'll, it'll depend on how they leave the place, I guess, wouldn't it? They pay their rent on time. Um, mm. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it the expectations of a rental, uh, a person that has a house sometimes? Uh, you know, people... Yeah. 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 It's hard because Yeah. So that's experiences. Negotiated. What have I negotiated with lately? We're doing a ton of email correspondence at the moment with people. And, uh, you know, uh, because it's quite funny because if you don't get back to people within 48 hours, which might sound ridiculous as long, then they, they hype it up again and write a really awful email. And then if you don't get back within seven days, um, you know, then it's just like, this is a scam and they report you to Facebook, well not Facebook, but to your credit card merchant and and there you are looking at 1800 emails going, um, I'm trying my best. <laughs> so I, I try to uh, just write back and um, we've come up with some good standard stuff. Uh, but even though you might write and say everything, like we started writing a, a marathon letter so we can write back to people of all the situations that we're experiencing at the moment they'll still hit reply before they read it and generate another inquiry, you know? Um, so, yeah, so it's a bit tricky sometimes to negotiate with people that aren't negotiable. <laughs> so um, maybe sometimes you want to pick your battles. <clears throat> yeah, sometimes you can't. <laughs> yeah, as discussed last week, I've got a, a bit of a difficult client that I have to do work for, but he's a bit um, sticky on price. And he really wants me to do the work at next to nothing. Um, so yeah, still, <laughs> we are at that stage now where I need to discuss price for the work that needs to be done um, on his new site because that's just gone live. So yeah. <clears throat> All right. That's, 
Yeah, that's my next challenge. <laughs> so you've, you've done a job and, um, and you basically um, have gone live with it and now you're negotiating the payment or the, the, the time spent? Where are you at with that? Yeah, it's um, scope creep, if I can put it into that context, yeah. What do you call it? Scope creep. Oh, nudging the scope. Yeah. Very often, Jolene, what I think what happens is that, um, yeah, there's a comment made about the power shifting in one of the boxes there. And I think very often what happens is in those sort of, with the creep, the power starts to shift to the other party. And um, and I, I think it's the key thing is always is to make sure it's that you're both, you know, you can only really negotiate, I believe, when you're when you're both in in, a, in almost an even position. If one party's got power over the other, you know, whether it's either you do that or I won't sort of business, you know, that either or thing, that yeah. starts to that starts to ruin the thing. Whereas if you can say, hey, I'm prepared to do this, if you're prepared to do that, or, you know, explaining the scope and how you see it from your area and the value that it is to them so that it stays a conversation when you're all on an even level. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I used to keep control of their domain names for a long time and I used to own their domain names when it came to internet stuff years ago. And that was good for a wee while. And they got smarter at that. <laughs> and now, now my first goal when I get a client is actually telling them how to exit from using my services. And I always say that if we don't want to work together later down the road, this is uh, this is the exit strategy that you need to remember. Or here's the keys to your domain name. Uh, here's the login to your blah, blah, blah account. Um, yeah, and then that, that has been... Uh, a better way of keeping the client these days. Yeah. But the olden days you used to just say, well, I want to delete on your website if it's not valuable to you. But then if you hadn't delivered what they hoped, they don't care sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Because people's expectations, I suppose that's um, a, a lot about it, isn't it? People's expectations, even though I, I can show them an amazing result and something that I've done and what I've got, and I say, but you won't get this straight away. It might take a year and a half. They still hope. <laughs> they yeah. don't get those expectations. Yeah. Mm. I suppose that one of the factors in negotiation can be the impact and how the impact is perceived. What's the impact of this client on your business at this time? Mm. So people's experience one experience I've had the whole way through, and it brings a lot of those points that you made, David, that you made early on, Penny, and that's know your outcome. When you're going into that negotiation, my experience has been learned the hard way. Know what it is that you're actually there to, to achieve so that not only you can keep them on track, you can keep emotion out of the whole situation, but yeah. you've got a very clear end goal in mind. Mm. Yeah. yeah, good advice. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Hmm. So how did you negotiate when that person come in and drop the clothes on the floor, Penny? Pardon? You said that somebody come into your shop and you asked them to use your hand sanitizer and they <laughs> clothes on the floor or something. How did I negotiate? I was. Um, I had customers, two customers in the shop, and my mum had come into the shop for the first time and. 
before COVID, um, I was gobsmacked. I was yeah. absolutely lost for words, and they were gone before I could gather my gather my uh, thoughts. Um, yeah. yeah. So sometimes I think because I, I, um, I, I just sort of say be honest. I mean. It's like social media marketing. Or, uh, what I'm trying to say is sometimes I just like to speak on feeling. Um, and I say to people who write mean words on the screen that, uh, that they're very cruel words to read and your words cut like a knife if that was your intentions. You know, and then I address the matter and I, you know, <laughs> you know, because some people are just so mean and you sort of think, is that what the world's coming to, you know? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Um, mm. No, I think if no one had been in the shop, maybe I would have reacted differently. <laughs> you should get a hot iron, and that's always good. A what, sorry? A hot iron. <laughs> but by not reacting, you're showing your professionalism, though, aren't you? Well, I think that was probably where it was coming from, too. It's like, you know, yeah. I, I can't be seen to be swearing yeah. and cursing at somebody, that even, if it, even if I felt like it. It's like I'm not professional. Yeah. Definitely not. Can we learn stuff from the Prime Minister when she's asked those dumb questions by the reporters? <laughs> the, the, dumber, it, it, the more professional you come across and the more systematic, then uh, the sillier the other person often looks. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I've I definitely reacted that, differently. Oh, sorry. <laughs> keep your emotions in check. Well, that's, yeah. that's the word you just used, Danny, with systematic. I think that is really a lot of the key to this. Mm. Which, which leads up to the other point before about the outcomes. You know, you, you don't just look at an outcome and say, here, oh, what I want. You say, here's the system that we're going to step through to achieve that. And against each one of these steps, here's the costs, here's the effort. I reckon. I might put that one in the solution, actually, over there. Yeah. Keeping up with current things. Uh, right, so the topic is how to negotiate. Yeah, well, I think one of the key things that you've got to have when you're negotiating with people is to um, have a little bit of empathy. Um, listen and try to understand what it is that they're talking about and why they want the things that they want. Mm -hmm. and, and even though you may disagree, at least you can empathise with them in the way that they why they think the way that they do, but nevertheless, you know, your point of view is such and such. So, you know, at least exhibit some empathy so that people feel they're being listened to. Um, I think for me, one of the things that I saw a lot of was in wage negotiations, mm -hmm. or employment contract negotiations, when you were talking about wages. And one of the things that happened was very often people went into a negotiation, employees would go into a negotiation with a point of view, and then the anger would would uh, heat up because the the uh, the other party just basically refused them or didn't have a very sympathetic attitude to the fact that a request was made even, and that didn't help for employee relationships. But anyway, there we go. That empathy thing, it's showing some empathy, I think, helps you yep. um, negotiate through those negotiations or move through those negotiations. Can't you just tell them how you're thinking? You, you, you go, no, of course not. 
Well, yes, you can, but I think um, always be aware of the other party. It's, it's got to be a double, it's got to be something that both parties come away with with something gained. Not, yes. not one person's gained and the other person's lost. Yeah, so that's uh, no Hitler, no Hitler. That's right. leave, leave Hitler at the door. Mm-hmm. Good one, guys. Well, that's cool. All right. All right, so we had a scenario last week with um, our dear friends in Auckland. <laughs> How's that going so far? What's the, your strategies with uh, your negotiation on that? So what, 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 you had a problem and ideally you'd like to find a solution. So why don't you paint that picture out for us and let's see if we can actually help uh, with a solution for that. Tell us how you've got yourself into a place where you feel like you have to negotiate. Okay, so this client um, is actually my sister-in-law's boss. So initially I started doing work as a favor to help him um, with SEO and um, his digital marketing for his company. And um, I was doing it at a really low rate. It was like $30 an hour or something silly. Um, But now there's a lot of work coming and um, yeah, I've got to do a lot of content and things for his site and I need to do more work on the SEO as well. But um, he's expecting me to do it at the same rate. So he stopped for a few months and he's come back saying, okay, now I need all the work done. But now we've progressed in our business. So previously um, we we weren't running the company. So um, I had time to do that. Yep. Now, I can't do it at that rate at all. Yeah. Um, so what's the problem with you saying, are you worried that he he said you agreed to do it at this price? Or is there unfinished work that you said you'd be able to do in a certain time period? Or yeah, is it, he's, yeah? he's assuming I'm going to do the work at the same rate. And yep. I think it's a bit unfair at this yeah. point. Um, yeah, I don't know. He still assumes that. So yeah. we had a chat earlier the week, earlier during the week. So I said, I'll do an assessment and come back to him with a price. So I'm going to go back to him today and, and see how that goes. <laughs> so let's put ourselves in his shoes. Um, would you, do you think you'd be hopeful if you can get somebody to carry on working for you at that early rate? I, I think I would be. Nigel. Well, I think this comes back to the one we've said before about you can have two of any three things, either cost, speed, or quality. Um, and you can say to him, listen, you can have it at $30 an hour, but you're right at the back of the queue. And I've probably got a year's work in front of me right now. Yeah. Mm. That's a good way. Yep. Mm. Yep. Prioritize it. Yep. Yeah. We, and uh, maybe you could thank him for the work that you've had in the time when you didn't have the uh, win and the demand. Um, at the end of the day, uh, not uh, hijacking anyone else's thoughts, but it is a business. And if you work out your hourly rate, oh, your, your hours that you have to work, it's not actually feasible to do it. Um, you know, and he's managed to get some work done, obviously, um, at a um, at a reduced rate. Yeah. yeah. So always the problem is uh, when you're dealing with uh, family or close friends, is around the expectations that the other party may have of you as as that family member or friend and um, so in some ways those are the the relationships that you have to most carefully put together when you're entering a quasi business relationship with them so you have to at at the onset paint some pictures and expectations 
around what would happen. Yeah. Mm. So what problems are you facing at the moment? With that? Problems? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to uh, cause bad vibes, but I also can't work for nothing. Um, I'm sure my sister-in-law fully understands the situation. Mm. Um, so I don't think there'll be a problem there. <laughs> it's just it's not like his it's expectation. Not like, it's not likely to affect her employment, Jalene. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't at all. I don't think so. Um, uh, we've discussed it. Um, she doesn't really get involved on that side of things anyway. Um, so there's no interference. I don't think it would have an effect. And is he um, doing okay in business, this guy? Is like, is he on the bones of his ass or has he got a successful business? Exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. got a pretty good business. Um, he's a, he does renovations on the North Shore. Yep. So it's it's not like he's struggling. Um, yeah. Well, he might respect you more as well. There could be an upside of, you know, saying this is how it is. Um, I still remember the day I put my clients up from $30 a month to $100 a month, and I actually lost 2% of my clients, and I had about 80 or 100 clients at the time. Wow, yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, and it just wasn't feasible for me to continue at that rate. And... Um, you know, but then I was competing at the time with Yellow Pages ads. Well, one of my clients was doing $36,000 a year ads in the Yellow Pages for Auckland, Wellington, and Christchurch. So well over $100,000 worth of advertising. And here I was coming along, quibbling about my $30 an a, uh, a month. And uh, so when I put them up to $100 a month, um, even though the internet at that time, 95, wasn't really generating many inquiries, they were having a bit of a punt. So after about two years of doing that, then the, the internet started actually being a, um, a bit of a, started, you know, getting a lot of inquiries from people overseas. So now I've become, you know, and now you wouldn't even pay, I don't think anyone would pay $36,000 to have a half page ad in the yellow pages. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they probably would pay at least that in um, advertising with the internet. Yeah. You know? Just another point, if I may, you mentioned before, uh, about the fact that you don't want to create any bad vibes. But yep. they're already there, aren't they? Well, I don't think there is yet because I haven't told him <laughs> what I'm going to increase the rate to and what I can do the work for, but I but, guess... But what it's doing for you at the moment, though, is not good, is it? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's really putting me under pressure as well because I have to get priority work done, plus... You know, I do want to help him and I do want to do the work, but I can't at that rate. How are you going to deliver the information? Um, well, I guess I'll start with email first and then give him a call. <laughs> yeah. Um, and do you think um, do you think you're charging him too much at your normal hourly rate? I presume it's your normal hourly rate that you're going to be charging him. Um, no, I probably wouldn't charge the normal hour, hourly rate, um, no. Hmm. Um, so it'll be a bit less, but obviously more. It'll probably be around the 80, 85 mark. So I, I used to charge $75 an hour, and I used yep. to get hardly very few people paying my hourly rate. And then I put my hourly rate up to $120 plus GST an hour, and I had more people, seems like, happily paying that. But I, I work like a demon. Um, but I, you know, if I charge somebody $120 an hour, they seem to pay it easier. Wow. Which is ironic, really. But normally I outline what I do within that time frame. You know, and like if I did have um, somebody doing work for, like there is people that you could outsource to 
and you can recommend an alternative. So if they just want somebody to write some content for their website, then tell them to go to Elance and all those other sites and find somebody who writes content. And then they'll probably find somebody, like we looked at um, a virtual assistant yesterday. And what, what was the early rate? Oh, in New Zealand, $75. Yeah, for a virtual assistant in New Zealand, it was $75 an hour. Wow. Okay. Yeah, in the Philippines, it was $6 US. US. So you can find it cheaper. But then we would have had to teach them. And exactly. It, and exactly. then that's, you know, and that's what you get when you pay those sort of rates, you see. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's interesting. <clears throat> Is anyone here happy to work for thirty dollars an hour? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not lying either because. Um, but if it was eight hours a day, it'd be all right. But that's the type of work you're doing is not often that sort of solid, guaranteed money. Yeah. The type of work that I do, um, about thirty-eight hours of the week, I don't earn anything. And so if I was earning anything at all in those hours, it would be you know, extra money. You know, I, I can do house calls to buy antiques mm. and there isn't anything in there. Um, I asked myself uh, about five years ago, I thought, like, I've been an antique dealer since 2002. Have, have I got any transferable skills? I've got one. Negotiate. Everything I do is about trying to walk into a house and negotiate the purchase of the items because I make my money at the time I buy. And the one thing that I, I realise is you walk into a house and if the other person is unreasonable, they think they've been completely reasonable. And um, if you can make them laugh and smile... Uh, then you open up all avenues, and if they are the ones that put the price on it at the start, you are in control. One who makes the price first, what's the old saying? One who talks money first loses? Mm. Yeah. You know, my game anyway. <laughs> I suggest, Rob, that you actually have another skill there as well, and that's the ability to evaluate. I'm actually surprised at, if I go into a house and I start talking, I, I'm, I'm really surprised what comes out of my mouth sometimes. Oh, almost so are we, Rob. So are <laughs> <others>. <laughs> we, mate. Um, and I realised, uh, you know, I went, I went into a house call once, you know, like, so this is an interesting story. There were two 90-year-olds in this house call and they wanted to sell their china. And I walked into the house and there were three really good artworks on the wall. And I thought to myself, I'll, I'll get those on the way out. <laughs> um, I walked into the house and I negotiated on the china. And as I'm wrapping up the china, I said, are those artworks for sale? And they said, oh, no, we'd never get rid of those. And we've worked out the walls and the rest home that each are going to hang on. And, and my mouth said, I've got someone that would really love those. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but the moment that came out of my mouth from seemingly nowhere, 
the whole conversation changed because now they thought, hey, all of those artworks have been hanging on our walls for years and uh, we've enjoyed them. And now there's an opportunity right, to hand, hand them on and you know, others are able to enjoy them. And I walked out of the house with the three artworks right, and I realised that although I hadn't planned to say that, that experience of having those uh, negotiations had, had worked in my head to automatically you know, like work out the words. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, experience. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, have a go with this topic, guys. Sorry, yeah. I'm a bit flat today, guys. Um, how to negotiate problems, emotions, uh, negotiate problems. So there must be more problems with negotiation. Um, suppose you've got to find people who want to. Um, is it because maybe, like, if I said to you guys, like, how much, how much is your time worth? Do you but put a value on your your time? Like, you know, like where you say, oh, it's not worth my time. I watch Sharks in America. I've been watching that one lately for, because I've just about watched the last ten years of Dragons Den. And uh, one of them comes in and they, want to, they offer this guy, they wanted them to invest, oh, I've forgotten what it was, stupid money, like a million dollars for 1% ownership of their company. And the guy just said, I, I won't get out of bed for 1%. <laughs> but what, 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 what won't you guys do? Like, when, when do you stop? Like, if you're having a bookkeeper in your business, for example, and they're charging you $45 an hour or whatever they charge, at what point do you do it yourself? because you think the bookkeeper's um, not, you know, I can make more money doing other stuff than paying a bookkeeper. Do you get what I'm saying? I think you do. That's the point. That's the point, Danny. You have to evaluate what you're worth and what you can get as a, against somebody else, what they're worth and what they can get. Yeah. And what, what is wrong with making money and what is wrong with charging $200 an hour? Where does that stop? Where can it... Okay, Rob. There's nothing wrong with it. But if people have never earned it, they believe it's wrong that you make that much. Mm. I just made $150 just while I was talking then, by the way. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I, I've made $150 from selling something worth about $350 on my website, just come on my phone. Now I have a, a problem. I sold a, 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 a item to a person about three weeks ago and they've just received it today and there was four options that they picked from they picked the first option which was just a a repeater flash but the picture shows a whole lot of other goodies and the repeater flash was about 300 bucks and all the other goodies were 500 and 700 and whatever and now they wrote back to me and says where's the other items <laughs> so, it's like we well, used to look at the cheapest option noddy but um now they're and they're all upset like it's my problem but there, there is always a risk if you charge more that it comes back and bites you on the bum yeah you know and there's the risk factor sometimes so you've got to obviously identify your worth and be able to you know be steadfast and say you know stand by what you charge and what you you know or <laughs> from our side a lot of people oh, I could have bought this on AliExpress cheaper well I said, well, that's what we did. (laughs) 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 
point though, Danny, on you just earned $150 just in that moment. Yeah. The effort behind it that you had to put in in order to enable that to happen. 10 years of knowledge. 10 years of having an electronic shop trying to figure out how to make people buy your stuff. And also from the buyer's point of view, they've obviously done their homework before they've made the decision to spend that with you. Well, you'd be surprised. Because I um, people come along to Google, search for their item, see a picture, and they go, that's the item I want. And they look at the next door neighbors and go, that's dearer, that's cheaper, I'll buy on price. Just made another $25. So it's like, um, <laughs> you know, like, you know, but it's, it is about being streetwise. And I think it's becoming a expert in your industry is really important. I mean, if you guys are charging for SEO stuff, then, um, you know, you, people that buy from you, no matter what you charge, want experts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think everyone's, uh, I mean, being a, I remember when I was a painter and a decorator, a guy said to me, make sure you always have specialists on your business card. So, Call myself interior paint technique specialist. You know, and people used to buy from us because we were specialists. Yeah. It's only a word. But um, I did deliver it, but I was freaking out when I was trying to come up with color schemes and we were making up. We, we'd go into people's houses and say, I'm going to paint the walls in your your um, bedroom uh, yellow, egg yolk yellow, and then I'm going to get a color that looks like Wattie's Biscotti and splash it all over your walls using muslin cloth. And you're going to love it. And then you're going to pay us $30 a square meter for it. And they would laugh at us. And that's exactly what I'd do. And we, look, I remember painting one lady's room. It took us a morning. We got it pre-painted before we went in there. And it cost $1,300 just for us, not not for the painter. And we wouldn't even let her come in and see it while we was doing it. And we, you know, which sounds terrible. But, you know, she was happy at the end. And we had confidence that we could deliver the product. And I always say it was never really about the price. So maybe if you really think about that, is it about price or is it about what they want? I mean, if he's writing a check out for $500 or $1,500, um, you know, what's he comparing that against? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you as a person from Nainai College in the Hart Valley, a lot of people, it is about price. Mainly you, Rob. You're the tightest person I know. Uh, no, you see, right, this is the whole thing. I hear, I hear a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs, and, and the whole thing is, is that you've never been really poor, and there's a massive community out there. You you go anywhere where there are housing, New Zealand houses, right? It's price. Everything is price because a lot of people can't afford to pay to buy what they would like to buy. I don't know my clientele. You you have no idea who your clientele is because you <laughs> do not go back to the person buying and ask them. I'm not going to be shopping in Harrods if I can't afford to. Well, well, actually, they could. A lot of poor people I know, if they ever get to England, they go to the places that they've heard about to buy the real cheapest, littlest thing in the shop to say, bought that out of Harrods. Because that's the only thing they can afford. Yeah. Now, I think I think you have to identify your markets and, you know, like if I'm, you know, like if uh, website design's a real funny one, really, because I always say to people, what are you trying to do with your website? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, and that, that's the trick of the game, isn't it? It's, it's what do you want to do? 
And they say, well, I want to sell hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And I go, okay, then well, you'll need to spend $20,000 at least to get a platform right. Oh, well, I've got a friend that can do it for $500. And I go, well, if you spend $500, you're not going to sell. You might. But, you know, it's, I've always invested money in projects I've done. And, and sometimes I've, like, I want to do um, online courses at the moment. And I, um, so I'm just about to click a button to spend $500 worth on software, which I don't even know if these courses will even sell. But I'm prepared to spend $500 on software. I'll, I'll research the best software around and purchase the best software with all the bells and whistles rather than go to one that will do a similar job that doesn't quite give me what I need. Because I always think that edge, it's like if you ever watch somebody surfing, they don't surf behind the wave because they have to paddle like hell. But if they get right on the edge of technology, um, you know, then they get on top of the wave and they get to surf. Yep. But I think a lot of people mm-hmm. sit there so concerned about prices and spending. I mean, I, I'm not rich and I've never had tons of money, but I have had points where I had so much money, I, I thought it doesn't matter what I spend. But I was always thrifty, but I always, you know, like I buy what's best. And I think those clientele are the ones I like working for. Yeah. So um, just on the same client, um, he wanted – a, his, his website needed to be upgraded and he still went with his current supplier um, and they're still using their back-end technology and they charged him an absolute fortune to Good. get his website ready. Um, just for a little pop-out widget for an inquiry form, they charged him $1,000. Ah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Anyway, I still gave him the option to do a, a, a great spec website with newer technology and he still turned it down. Because, wow. Yeah. I don't Does know. it come back to the relationship? Is it yeah. because they've got a relationship with these other guys? Um, yeah. It's so strong that, you know, I'm a good talker and I can talk. I, could, I had a client that was trying to leave me for 10 years. And, and I just keep, I just, every time he, he got a bit, I, I used to ring him up and have a yarn to him and, and re- build that relationship back up with them. You know, eventually they left me, but I mean. <laughs> Can I raise a point, uh, Danny? Yeah. To our friends in Auckland there. What I'm wondering is your client and yourselves, did you both sort of start off at about the same time? Yeah. Um, no. You have grown, but you... <laughs> not expecting you to grow as well. Is there a disparity there? Yeah, so I mean, I hadn't run the company, but he knew my background and technical skill uh, regardless and right. um, still told him, look, we can do this for you. You don't need to spend astronomical amounts of money to get a good website. And he still went with the lasser right. and spent an arm and a leg. But, yeah. It hasn't really been of, of much benefit because he's still in the same position. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be after this conversation. I'd be I'd be firm on your prices. I wouldn't offer him any real discount, and just say, look, we've enjoyed working for you in the past, um, and you know, and we've really benefited, and we appreciate the whatever you you know the the payments and the prompt payments and the whole nine yards, everything he's done, and you just say, but going forward, we'd still like to continue working for you, but we have to do this under our proper you know, company umbrella and our, our rates for this type of work is blah. Yeah. And, and, and then if you've got other work, then time to move on. I still remember the day yeah. a guy that was paying me $900 a month to promote his website um, left me and went somewhere else and he paid $50,000, literally $50,000 to do a website to, to um, 
taken to another level. And I still remember putting the phone down now thinking, shit, I just lost a $900 a month client. And um, three months later, he rang me up and he said, the new $50,000 website's only reducing. I was, I was doing about $12,000 worth of sales a, a month for him. And the new website just went down to $2,000 $2, if he was lucky. And it just killed everything. And then, you know, I took him back as a client and I spent a year trying to get it back up. I got it up to about five or $6,000 a month worth of sales. And I shouldn't have done it. And I just yeah. remember the day I put the phone down and remember that this guy used to be on the phone an hour and a half every day, picking my brains. <laughs> and I had all this hour and a half back every day, back in my, my business to do other things with. Yeah, mm. that's true. Thank you. That's good advice. Yeah. I think too, if I have may. You got, have, you got stand, have you got standard contract um, prices for, you know, like your various jobs, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah well, just, just say, you know, these are what the standard rates are. That's it. Okay. And, you know, nothing ventured, nothing going. Yeah. I think, I think you could also argue that up until now, it's been on an informal footing. Yes. And you can say, well, we've got you this far, that's fine. But from here on in, it now needs to be on a professional footing. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Got it. Okay, so um, a contract comes to mind and solutions. Does anyone want to ping that in the window? I think something like having a good contract. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is no contracts actually. Contract prices. Yeah, yeah, schedule. I, I actually quite like putting people back to my website because I had a guy, it was actually uh, Chris Taylor. He wants me to do a little edit on his website because he had a little click of the mouse and broke something. So I said, book some time, Chris. And he has to go to my website and book half an hour of my time that's going to cost him $90. He's never done it. And I'm going, yeah. great, I don't have to do the work. But I would have <laughs> half an hour figuring out what he'd broken and fixed it. To him, it'd be, oh, you knew what to fix. And I go, it took me half an hour to figure out what you did. Yeah. You know, you know, or I give them an alternative where I can just roll their website back two weeks and it'll be back where it was before they decided to break it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then I go, but I'll lose two weeks worth of work. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's not my two, it's not my half an hour I'm losing. Yeah. All right, guys, how are we doing? Yeah. Jesus, uh, can I ask a question no, no. about this uh, scenario? No. Yep. So the person wants you to, uh, the person is after the work and they have offered you an amount of money and it's not high enough. No, they haven't offered an amount. Um, they're assuming I'm going to do the work at the same rate as I did a few months ago, which really isn't the case. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I w yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, and I, I don't know anything else to you. Um, I would work out uh, what my standard amount is. Um, and I would, as you know, was explained before, you like to say, here's how much you know, I'd need you know, to do that. Um, yeah. You know, like, and you might put it on there, you know, like, we are slightly negotiable. Yeah. What about this? Renault? I mean, you know, like, it's open. You know, like, you got the option, you know, like, to get the job. Yeah. Okay. David has a good one. He, he always puts his hourly rate uh, on whatever he does. And then he'll reduce, put a percentage, you know, 50% off to the end of February or something like that or whatever day it is. And then you can actually say, this is my hourly rate. Um, you know, to, you know, maybe you could offer a discount on your normal standard hourly rate for a certain period. 
Um, and it said, unfortunately, we are very busy at the moment and we only have 10 hours available or whatever it is. Yeah. But that could be another way of handling it. Nigel, you had a, a go. Well, so you could tie that discount to a prompt payment, can't you? You give a 10% to a prompt payment discount. Yep. Sort of thing. Good idea. Yeah. That's an interesting topic in itself, actually. Um, prompt payment discounts. I don't know how they work. I have a penalty um, that's worked really well for me. A $15 late fee, I do it the other way around. So I add money on rather than off a discount. I don't like discounts. No, I don't like discounts either. I'm just sort of, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're at the supermarket and they say, if you pay for your groceries before you walk out the door, you're going to get 5% off. But Danny, it is reverse psychology. For me, I'm more attracted to the early payment benefits than the uh, late payment penalties. Mm. And so I guess if you build it into your pricing structure right from the front end, then people are going to pay early. You're still going to get a, a, an amount that you want, but mm. they will actually feel empowered themselves because I've got their act together and paid swiftly. Yeah, I've just watched too many videos on the uh, what happens when you discount where that money get, comes from. Mm. And that's what freaks me out. It comes straight off your, your profit margin, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It does. All right. Um, now, what have we got? We've got 24 past 10. So we've got some takeaways. Um, hasn't been quite the energy that we normally have in the meeting here. So we, maybe we should hand out some wee drugs before we start the next meeting. <laughs> <laughs> not that I've ever done drugs, believe it or not. Um, takeaways, what's some things that you gleaned from today's meeting and thinking about a topic for next week? Mm. Good questions, eh? Mm. Well, I think we'd like to hear the outcome of your discussion, what yeah, actually happens. Absolutely. So maybe, we can, maybe we can put the topic around kind of like negotiation outcomes or how you handle it, that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, let us know if your sister-in-law has a job. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Yeah, awesome. All right, yeah, I'll let you all know on next week how it all went, definitely. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> See you in the Caribbean somewhere, on a yacht. Yeah, they said yes. Uh, just, yeah, I know. I know that if you're like you're at, um, uh, you know, like a university, you know, like negotiation is supposed to be, you know, like a win-win outcome, and you need to know, you know, like, uh, you know, like uh, the wins, you know, like for either of the um, related That's parties. Is that yeah. your takeaway, Rob? Mm. Yeah. Takeaway. Uh, takeaway. The key takeaway is that if you don't negotiate an outcome to do the work, you don't get any money at all. You put that in the chat box. All right, see you, Mark. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, Mark, uh, sorry, um, Rob, the reality of it is, and I referred to it in one of the comments in the chat box, was that everybody's not going to get the perfect outcome. You know, the you know the long and the short of it is is perfections in the realm of the gods. Negotiate to your best advantage, and then be happy that you've got that far, as long as the other person's got some benefit as well. But when it's one-sided, of course, it doesn't work. But oftentimes, people will go in with a predetermined position, 
and then fail to negotiate because in actual fact all they wanted to do was stick to that position. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, so, as I say, perfection's for the gods, not for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, guys. Uh, next week's topic then, if you dare. Haven't got any takeaways written in the window yet. Takeaways. <laughs> Come on, we've got to have some ideas somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, uh, all right. So topic. discounting, I think, could be a, a topic. Yeah, put that there. Just discounting or pricing, if if you want, or how to price. Just yeah, just discounting and pricing. Mm. Have I spelled that right? Yep. Mm. Um, yeah. All right. Discounting and pricing. All right. Discounting and pricing. Doesn't matter how much you charge. How do you have the balls to charge so much? That sort of stuff, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's like um, you go to the doctor. They're three or four hundred dollars an hour, and it's because they've got a bricks and mortar place, and you've gone there, and they've got the reception sitting sitting there. So you sort of figure out where the money goes, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, or a specialist, and you'll end up paying $1,000 for 30 minutes. Yeah, and then they get to book in six, seven weeks in advance if you're lucky. Some of them, I think I had a bad foot there, and they told me I needed to book five months in advance to see a specialist about my foot. I said, it's still a tech. <laughs> yeah, and then like, they said, oh, we found another one that's just started, and then, then it was four and a half months. Yeah. I said, Jesus. So I don't even want to start this process, so I still ache every now and again. Wow. Yeah, you know, yeah, people can can read um, legislation or acts of parliament, and that doesn't mean to say that they're going to be any good as lawyers. And people can count, it doesn't mean to say they're going to be any good as accountants. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, if you want good specialists, you pay for them. Well, value comes to mind, doesn't it? It's Absolutely. Given value. Absolutely. That's why being an expert in your field is, is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, getting people that don't want to pay to pay is just the, the problem. But I suppose that's how they weasel their way through life, in a way. Rob says something about being a specialist at that. Um, what was that, Dave? <laughs> We've got to find some way of paying for our, our advancing old age so we pay as little as we can for what we've got. To. Yeah. Well, being thrifty is all right, though, isn't it? Being thrifty is quite a cunning Yeah, way. thrifty is cool, man. Yeah. I like it when you, you buy and sell something. Um, yeah. It's not like I was thinking about upgrading my computer, so I got on Trade Me to figure out the worth of my computer. So I found one there that was a, a buy now price of 2300 And then I found another one that was $1,300. But the $1,300 one was probably a third more specced up than the guy that thought his computer was worth 2300 you know, so now I, I actually, my head goes, well, unless I know my computer's worth 1200 bucks. But some people will probably look at that computer and go, oh, it must be worth 2000 And, you know, it's just funny. It's from everyone's, you know, what, the, what people perceive the value. But to me, a computer, if I was going to buy a new one tomorrow, which I priced up one yesterday, my new computer would be five and a half grand. And, um, it, you know, it's because I, can, I know what I can do with a laptop. And I know the power of that tool 
and what the, I can turn that computer into, you know, or I've had this one for two years now and it's generated me X amount of income. So maybe that's where I put the value rather than looking at the price. It's like I was talking to somebody on my cell phone the other day and they couldn't hear me. And then I, I got off the phone and rang up somebody else. They couldn't hear me. And I'm thinking to myself, I paid two and a half thousand dollars for a cell phone and they, people can't hear me when I talk. You know, <laughs> what point, you know, what's the value in the cell phone? You, you know, is it, am I mumbling? Are you using a phone to make calls with, Danny? Yeah, well, they talked around me to answer it. (laughs) But, you know. All right, guys. Hey, I'll I'll, um, stop the uh, recording, but thank you for being here this week. If you want to know who these people are, come to elite6.co.nz, click on podcast, listen to our other ones. Uh, And if you're lonely out there in business and working for yourself and you've got no one to talk to, don't come here. (laughs) 